Hello everyone. Thank you for joining me around the fireside tonight. My name is Joe, and I'm here to tell you a story. A set of short stories tonight. Stories about ghosts and zombies. About Loch Ness monsters and ghosts playing at midnight. About big sisters and younger brothers and taking your pet dragon to the vet. Presenting the Rhyming Stories Collection each written by Michael Alexander. You can check out this talented author's book on Amazon with the link in the description. I sincerely hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let me know what you think by leaving a comment, a like or review, and subscribing to whatever platform you listen on. Should you wish to support the show, please check out talesbythefireside.com forward slash support. Everything you do and every interaction you make truly does mean the world. Now please, get comfortable, let go of the daylight, and join me for our story. The Monster in Our Swimming Pool Or How the Loch Ness Monster Became a Teacher Behind the classrooms in our school, you'll find the children's swimming pool. In summers, such a place of fun, splashing around under the sun. But in winter, the water's green, deprived of kids, love and chlorine. And down beneath that pond-like skin, a lurking monster hides within. I know, I saw it through the rain, as I gazed out the window pane. Water stirred and red eyes glowed, a mouth of razor teeth then showed. I stared in shock, the eyes stared back, as though I was a tasty snack. I gave a cry, leapt from my chair, my teacher gave me quite the glare. When I looked back, the beast had sunk, beneath the slimy, greeny gunk. But I knew that it was still there, from the gloopy bubbles of air. At break, I sneaked with my best mate, round the back to the wooden gate that led right to the swimming steps, so we might peer into the depths. The murky water lay so still, so very quiet and tranquil. Had I dreamt it? Was it real? The beast that water did conceal. We both leaned down on bended knee, with pounding hearts we tried to see, the thing I saw from my classroom hiding silently in the gloom. Without warning the monster rose, a sight so scary we just froze, and stared with fright at what we saw, a scaly, monstrous dinosaur. Teeth like daggers filled its jaw, as it let out a mighty roar, that blew our hair and soaked our clothes with smelly water from its nose. The mouth came nearer, open wide, while I looked for somewhere to hide, tangled with my friend we cowered, as over us the beast towered. But then the creature stopped and spoke, this really is beyond a joke. It's bad enough back home in Ness, with tourists causing me distress. But even on my holidays, it seems there are no hideaways. Why can't I just be left in peace? When will this mad sightseeing cease? At first, I simply sat in shock. Could this be Nessie from the lock? And if so, why is he at our school? hiding out in our swimming pool. 
Look, I'm really sorry, I cried. But is this any place to hide? With lots of children always near, it can't be very peaceful here. The monster shook his head and sighed. It's the most perfect place to hide. I love to hear children nearby, but stay hidden because I'm shy. Loch Ness in winter is so bleak. No one around during the week. And the grown-ups don't want to play. Just turn me to some freak display. It's fine, I say. Won't say a word. Besides, I'd really sound absurd. My friends would say I was a fool if I said Nessie's in our pool. But can we come back here and play when school is over for the day? The luckless monster gave a smile. I'd love it if you played a while. So after school, we made our way back to our swimming pool to play. I took my cricket bat and ball and played until it was nightfall. It turned out he was pretty good, wielding that bat of willow wood, holding it firmly in his jaw. He'd whack that ball high with a roar. Might be a little awkward mind, hiding the teeth marks left behind. And then he bit the ball in half, but that just simply made us laugh. I wondered what people would say if they could see that monster play. Such cricket skills should make them smile. Who else could hit the ball a mile? Not only that, but also he was great at maths and geography. On top of that, he's from the past. His history knowledge was vast. So I thought that it would be cool if Nessie taught us at our school. It wouldn't be a dull session when a monster took the lesson. I asked him if he'd like a turn at helping the school's children learn. Nessie agreed, so the next day I saw our teacher straight away. The teacher did call me a fool when I said Nessie's in our pool, but she followed me anyway to where we had played yesterday. I told her that the beast was shy, but loved having children nearby, and that he was extremely wise despite his scary monstrous size. I called to Nessie nervously as my class teacher frowned at me, thinking that maybe I'd gone mad and she should call my mum and dad. But then the monster lifted his head above the green water and said, Nice to meet you, don't be irate. I'd like to help you educate. Miss couldn't quite believe her eyes when she saw that great monster rise. She swallowed hard and stammered, Ooh, it's very nice to meet you too. So can he help? Oh, please say so. He'll be really good, I just know. Miss frowned again at my outburst. We must ask the headmistress first. So off Miss went to see the head, as I trudged behind, filled with dread. Because the headmistress was strict, it would not be a yes verdict. When we told her, the head was stunned to hear that the beast from Scotland was not just hiding in our pool, but sought to teach the kids in school. The headmistress, she went alone to speak with Nessie on her own. After ten minutes had gone past, we rushed to check and stood aghast. I thought the head, she'd be angry and there'd be no way she'd agree to having a monster with us. The idea seemed so hopeless. And then I'd wondered if Nessie had become a bit too hungry and leaned over to take a munch of our head teacher for his lunch. But what we saw there actually was the two of them drinking tea 
and laughing away like old dears that hadn't met back up for years. The headmistress gave us a smile. Nessie's great, let's give him a trial. He's really smart and so much fun. The kids will love him, every one. So after lunch, the children went, all full of noisy excitement, to have a lesson with Nessie, that enormous Scottish beastie. And that's the story, more or less, of how the monster from Loch Ness came to be in our swimming pool, teaching the children in our school. My pet dragon. My dragon is a tricky pet. Last week I took him to the vet. He barely fitted through the door and caused a terrible uproar. The dogs all whined, the cats they hissed. Rat, I'm told, will be sadly missed. And then, to make things even worse, my dragon ate a lady's purse. Several shoes, an old man's hat, the cage in which a rabbit sat. If I hadn't let out a yell, he may have eaten that as well. The vet appeared, looking most grim. Brought from his office by the din, I begged him please not to be mad. My dragon's ill. It's really bad. My dragon sneezed, I watched him stare, as flames shot out and singed his hair. You're right, he gasped, his head alight. We must sort out your dragon's plight. If not to save us from these flames, then from the paper's crazy claims. If they say what they mostly do, we'll all be catching dragon flu. My big sister. A boy skipped down an empty city street. A ghost saw the boy, and his soul looked sweet. Where are you wandering, little lost one? You seem so sad. Come with me and have fun. That's very nice of you, but I'll give it a miss. I'm off to go shopping with my big sis. A big sis? What on earth's one of those? A big sis? Why, everybody knows. She's awfully tall and awfully mean and throws such a tantrum because she's a teen. Where are you meeting her? Right by these posts. And her neatest trick is stomping on ghosts. Ghost stomping? I'm away, Ghost said. Goodbye, little boy. And away he fled. Silly old ghost. Why couldn't he see? My sister never has time for me. On skipped the boy down the empty street. A zombie saw him and his brain looked sweet. Where are you wandering, little lost man? Come moan with me in my zombie gang. That's really nice of you, but I'll give it a miss. I'm off to go shopping with my big sis. A big sis? What on earth's one of those? A big sis? Why, everyone knows. She is screaming friends and her boyfriend's a goon. And she burns out your eyes with the stink of perfume. Where are you meeting her? Right here by Ted's. And her hobby is collecting zombie heads. Zombie heads? I'm off, zombie mumbled. So long, little boy. And off he stumbled. Silly old zombie. Why can't he see? My sister never has time for me. On skipped the boy down the empty street. 
a monster spied him, and his flesh looked sweet. Where are you wandering, little lost child? Come out with me, where the creatures run wild. That's very nice of you, but I'll give it a miss. I'm off to go shopping with my big sis. A big sis? What on earth's one of those? A big sis? Why, everybody knows. She has too many shoes and too many clothes and red-painted nails on the ends of her toes. Where are you meeting her? Right here for lunch. And her favourite snack is Monster Munch. Monster Munch? I'm out of here. And away he stomped with a twitch of his ear. Silly old monster, why can't he see? My sister never has time for me. Oh. But who is this creature so tall and so mean, who throws such a tantrum because she's a teen? She has screaming friends and a boyfriend goon and burns out your eyes with the stink of perfume. She has too many shoes and too many clothes and red-painted nails on the ends of her toes. Oh, help! What's this? It's my big sis. My annoying brother, my sister did bleat. My friends want to meet you. They think you're sweet. Sweet, said the boy. Don't call me sweet. I'm the scariest creature on this street. Take a stroll next to me, and then you'll see. Everything nasty goes running from me. That's mad, laughed his sister, smiling and sighing. You're only ten. I think you'll be crying. They walked down the street, then the sister said, What was that roar right up ahead? Monster, cried the boy. Just look at this. The monster stared at the boy's big sis. Oh my, he said. Oh dear, little child. And off he stomped back into the wild. There now, said the boy. Look at his fright. Oh, said his sister. That's weird, all right. Further along, the girl gave a groan. Wait, I'm sure I just heard a moan. Zombie, cried the boy. Just look at this. The zombie stared at the boy's big sis. Oh no, he moaned. Oh dear, little man. And off he stumbled to his zombie gang. There now, said the boy. Look at his fright. Oh, said his sister. That's weird, all right. On they went to the girl stopped in fright. What's that in front? All shimmering white. Ghost, cried the boy. Just look at this. The ghost stared at the boy's big sis. Oh, help, he called. So long, little kid. And quick as a flash, he ran off and hid. There now, said the boy. Did you see? Everything nasty goes running from me. And now that you realise I'm not so sweet, I think my big sis should take me to eat. The girl stared at him, then gave him a smile. Maybe we could hang out for a while. The boy and his sister went off to dine and found that they had a really good time. Ghosts The night so, so quiet, oh so very still. Hours since I said good night, trudged up the wooden hill. Something woke me from my sleep, a voice so very clear. It crept right up on me and whispered in my ear. On my clock, the glowing hands point up 
to twelve midnight, but sleep has now released me from its grip so tight. Had someone really called my name, or was it a nightmare? I sit up straight in bed and whisper, Is anybody there? A shadow moves, a girl appears so ragged and so thin, but even in the darkest hour she wears a cheeky grin. Come follow me, she says, there's things I have to show. A cold hand grabs hold of mine, and across the room we go. We sneak along the hall, right past my parents' door. I pause until I hear the sound of my father's gentle snore. Then down the stairs, carefully, step by step we creep. The living room door is ajar, and around the side I peep. The room, it should be empty, with everyone in bed. But I gasp aloud in shock, because it's full instead. These are not real people, of that I am quite sure. They're pale, and one just floated right through the kitchen door. The girl, she drags me into the room before I can protest. This is our house too, you see, so come and meet the rest. We've been here for so many years, but only play at night. We dare not show ourselves, you see, in case we cause a fright. One by one, the ghosts line up and shake me by the hand. Their touch is cold, but they smile as if I'm someone grand. They're like a bunch of urchins. Their hair could use a comb. I wonder how they ended up here, playing in my home. This used to be the poor house, the ghost she did confide. Lots of children came here, and this is where we died. We're happy, though, as ghosts. No more abuse, no longer slaves. But we need your help. You have to stop them digging up our graves. She took me to the kitchen and pointed through the glass. There were barriers erected outside along the grass. The council, they were digging up the ground outside the front, laying pipes in the gap between the house and the pavement. That used to be the backyard in centuries gone by. The road, it ran the other side, you see, and that is why our graves are near the path beneath the grass and stones, and when the men start work, they're sure to find our bones. If they move our bodies, our souls will be in flight, and no longer will we play our games together through the night. You are our only hope right now. You have to make some plans to stop the men from digging when they come back in their vans. I wanted to help, I really did, but what was I to do? When you're a kid and only eight, there's not much hope for you. I thought of standing out there. I'd clear my throat and say, I'm sorry, but you can't dig here. Now kindly go away. Only no one's going to listen to a child all on his own. And no one else would believe me, so I guess I'm all alone. I lean against the sill and stare out through the pane. My head's caught in a whirl and I'm racking at my brain. My eye follows the dug ground as it stretches off so far and mars the neat grass like a long, unsightly scar. It weaves up and down in a line that's far from straight, even moving out to the path to go round a neighbour's gate. I realise that the digging, it follows a marked route, sprayed in blue upon the ground by a man wearing a suit. The workmen... They follow that line wherever it is sprayed. These are the rules, and so that is where the pipes are laid. 
If I could find a way to change those lines upon the ground, move them out onto the path, then the graves would not be found. The ghosts would be okay then, their souls not be in flight, and forever they could play their games together through the night. I stuff my feet into my trainers, it's weird without my socks, then creep up to the front door and undo all of the locks. I step out into the moonlight, creep round towards the back, where my dad keeps all his DIY stuff inside an old brick shack. There upon the shelf, I see a tin of household paint, called Antique Blue, something that my mum has found quite quaint. I stand on a box, grab the tin, the colour will have to do. A quick search through some boxes, and I find a paintbrush too. With just the moon for company, I paint new lines on the path, then rub out the old ones with stuff used to clean the hearth. Finally, I move the barriers so that everything looks right. Tidy up and head back inside as time winds up the night. In my bed, I fall asleep, just as dawn begins the day. Hoping with all I have inside that the ghosts will be okay. I'm really late that morning when I wake up with a jerk. I rush to school as the men arrive to carry on their work. I cannot concentrate at all in class. My mind is occupied with ghosts, graves and digging, and the plan that I have tried. I wonder if it worked, or if they'd seen what I had done. When the school bell finally rings, I head home at a run. The workmen are still working, a bit further along. I look around and try to see if anything seems wrong. My heart, it leaps with joy at the grass without a mark. The workers have followed the line that I drew in the dark. It's hard to wait for midnight. I barely sleep at all, just spend the hours wide awake staring at the wall. Finally, it's twelve o'clock and I sneak down the stairs. Is this all for real or just some weird nightmares? The living room door is closed and I pause for a moment. What if there's no ghost at all and the room is vacant? I take a breath, turn the knob and walk into the room. To my dismay, it's dark and empty. And quiet as a tomb. I stand there for an age, so confused and rather sad. Where are all the ghosts I saw? Was I going mad? Then suddenly the lights come on, and in the room they file. All the ghosts I met last night, each one with a smile. They grab my hands, pull me forwards, and dance around with me. The whole room full of children dancing round and round with glee. We're safe, we're safe, they cry at me. You saved us, every one. We thought that we were done for, an end to all our fun. Sometimes I can hear them, or see things as they play. A creaking floor, a book askew, a shadow in a doorway. And now and then I join them, in the middle of the night, to run and dance together, until the morning light. The end. Good night.